Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Juanico Lohuber, and I'm your host. My guest today is Sarah Tai. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me here. And this whole podcast is about joining each other to remember who we are and to walk each other home. So I'd like to ask you a question that I like to ask most guests is how did you come to see the world the way you do today? I love that question. And it's definitely been an evolution, um, obviously, and it's still going. We'll see where eventually it takes me. But um, especially with what I do, I am a tarot reader, um, not a fortune teller, though. What I do is really helping people be guided and um, gain insight and really reconnect them with themselves but i didn't get to this point overnight by any means in fact a couple of years ago i probably wouldn't even believe that i would be doing what i do now um where do i even begin so most of my life i, I did grow up very christian and then in my teens i branched out and really my my belief system is just too broad to fit into one particular belief. It was very universal. Even now, I finally have an understanding of what I believe, but it took a while to get here. And I believe that basically all faiths have the same underlining message. We're all interconnected. And during COVID, that's actually when I finally started to dive in and figure out well, what is it that I believe? Because for the longest time I was agnostic and that just meant I believed in something, but I didn't know what to call it or what it meant. And even if there was anything really out there during COVID, I know for many of us, time kind of stood still. And I know many people in my circle basically started asking the big questions like, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And that's when I started diving into different podcasts, different research, trying to figure out what my beliefs were that fit me that finally felt like I was connecting with what resonated for the first time. And then I started hearing about people talking about their purpose. And I thought, well, what is that? What's a purpose? I didn't know what that even meant. And just through my own spiritual journey, and, and this is consisting of healing, growing, letting go of difficult things and realizing that there is something much bigger than us that's guiding us, that is cheering us on, that wants us to grow and evolve. Um, through that, I started getting the calling for doing tarot and I've been reading tarot for years just for myself as a hobby, um, since like high school. So it was something that I was familiar with, but not something I ever thought I would do professionally. And during my spiritual awakening, um, tarot just kept coming to me and several times I said no, because I felt like it was too weird or there's too much of a stigma. There's too much of a taboo around it. I thought, no, there's no way I could do that. And it just kept coming to me. And then I finally gave it a shot and it was just crazy how things just opened up. And now my belief system just, I realize even more how more connected we are. I see synchronicities all the time. And I really feel like what I'm doing is helping a lot of people. So that's really where I'm at now is I believe we're all interconnected. The whole point of being here is to grow and evolve and to love each other. Yeah, that's very, very, very important. Um, the only time I heard a voice speak within me, it said, let us love one another. So that was the message I got. So that fits to what you were saying. 
So what, I, what I'm getting from what you're talking about when you speak of Tarot is it's all about remembering who we are. So I remember when I was using cards, I would harmonize the situations people were in. So I don't know if that's the way you use Tarot or whether you use them differently. I developed my own methods for that and other people have their many like you said there's a difference between using it for for remembering who we are and for wisdom and for guidance to the meth other methods that people like to use like fortune telling and so on doesn't mean it's bad it's just a different a different approach to cards yeah so the way that and, and I, like you said, I love how you said that there's not really a wrong way to read tarot or tarot, however you want to say it. Um, there's not really a wrong way to do it. And I do believe that there are people who are more psychic and have that ability to look into the future. But my personal belief is that I don't think the future is set in stone. I think that it's ever changing and evolving based on what we do in the now. So I think that when someone does, uh, like a psychic or someone that's clairvoyant does pick up something in the future, I think they're picking up a timeline and that they're sharing what, where you're likely to head as of right now. But I, that's just my own personal belief that it's possible, but it's not, I think it's always changing, which is why I like to focus on the now because that's where you can actually change your life. That's where work and growth actually happens is now. It doesn't happen in the past because it's gone. It doesn't happen in the future because it's not even here yet. But the present is, is where life is literally unfolding and evolving. And um, for me, I like to say that I'm the middleman, I'm the channeler, I, I guess. I don't like to take credit for any of the messages that come through. I trust that higher power is gonna show up for the person I read for. And that's mainly how I, I, that's the stance I take. So when I sit down with someone, it's the intention of their seeking guidance. And my intention is to be that open channel to share what comes through. And I do my best to remove my ego. So I'm not getting caught up in sharing my own judgments around the situation or the person. Cause sometimes if you don't remove your ego and you know a little bit about the situation or you don't know anything, you just know the question, it could be really easy to answer based on what you think is the right way to go. And I, that's where I remove my ego because it's not my place to try and tell someone what they need to know because I'm, I'm not the person who's helping them. It's spirit showing up for them. And I'm literally just the person interpreting in the middle. And that's how I like to see it. another important question because I, I found that when you use cards i'm not speaking of tarot other cards as well but the I, the thing is that it allows a focus to to be shown very quickly at least in my experience so when you lay the card down it actually focuses the energy so it makes it easier to get messages i don't know if that's how you experience but i felt that that was helpful Yes, that's actually exactly how it is. I've actually had many people tell me, oh my gosh, it's like you got to the heart of the issue and you did it instantaneously. And I think that that's what it is, is we're, as human beings, we have so many of our own baggage, our own thoughts to filter through our own perceptions. And it can be really easy to lose focus on where should we be putting our energy? What do we need to really heal right now? It it's, can be easy to get lost in life. And so I feel like 
with with tarot or even other cards like oracle decks and things like that it does the same thing where it can it can really help you just shine a light on the important thing that you need to be focusing on right now when in um without it you might still be kind of figuring out where to put your energy it just tends to not only hone in on what you need to know but almost every time people will tell me oh my gosh this is what i've already been these thoughts were already in my head. This is where it was already something that I knew I should have been focusing on, but I got caught up in other things. And, and that's another thing is no one is ever surprised by what comes through. And I think that that always shocks them. They think I'm going to tell them something they don't know. And instead I'm telling them something that's deeply personal that they actually know very well. And it just helps them realize that they're actually a lot more in control of their life and their decisions and what they're doing than what they came in as more powerless. Like tell me something I don't know. And then I tell them something that, Oh, wait, they already do know. And that means that they actually can change their life and do something about what they know. Yeah. I think it's also so beautiful that the, the cards put, make it visual so you can actually see it, which is something that is very important for us to be able to see what's in front of us or what's going on and and that's that's also like you were saying bringing clarity to it and empowering each other to know what to how to proceed yeah so the cards themselves are symbolic and i think that you know unless you're, you're you read cards you won't understand what they mean per se but I do think the visual is super important, especially the way that I read. And I think that one of my personal gifts is other than the open channel and, and not, you know, removing my ego. I do think that that is something that comes to me naturally, but I'm also really good at the storytelling part. And I'm, I'm able to see how the cards connect and what the story is, what the narrative is that's coming through around them. And I think that being able to follow each card as I go through it is really helpful to the person receiving it because it's like a step-by-step. -step. This is this is your theme. This is where you're coming from. This is where you're at. This is where you're energetically heading. And then this is what you, the higher self wants you to know to help you get to the future that you desire. And I do think that that visual, be being able to point the cards and explain how they all com you know, combine and work together it does help take the message a little bit deeper because now there's not, it's not just, I'm not just speaking to them, I'm showing them. And in a lot of ways interacting with them because as I go through these different storylines, I'm getting either I'm getting feedback or, you know, afterwards they'll give me the feedback, but I think that it's it's just a combination of this, the visuals, the storytelling, the symbology, and realizing that there's something bigger that's actually here for them, that's coming through for them. we're going into the very technical side of it so anyways well, another experience that i thought was very interesting with cards is when i have two people come to the table and it always fits and it's all and and how how to harmonize the relationship there or the things that are going on that connect the two or make the it helpful for both sides to hear the other person's part of it or story I don't know what your experience is with that because I, I thought that was a really remarkable thing when I could work with people who were coming as two people together. Yeah, I haven't worked with a ton of couples, 
but it's been a very similar experience when they have come as a couple. And it's so funny because again, it's, it's, it always seems to come through what they need to hear. I had, I did a, a market, uh, like I do sometimes I'll do like farmer's markets. And I, one day I had two separate couples come to me, which since I don't work with a lot of couples, I thought it was interesting that I worked with two in the same day. And they were both very um, medicinal. I feel like they both got something from it, but not only that, again, it was like a lot of it was validation. Um, I had one couple that a lot of what I was, what I was picking up was you, you know, more individual energies, like focusing more on yourselves individually and, and how we can come together as, you know, two people instead of like leaning on each other too much. And then they shared with me that they were in couples counseling for codependency. And that's something that they were actually legitimately in the process of working on. And I think for them, it was that validating factor of, okay, this is what we're working on, but spirit is also backing us up on this journey as well. And so it, it is really cool when I get to work with couples. And I think the biggest thing is open-mindedness is coming to the table with the intention of we both want to grow and see what's going to come through for the two of us and how we can help each other grow together. And the more open-minded the couple is, it's like the more medicine can through, 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 flow through for them. And it's just, it's a really beautiful thing. And um, definitely something I'd, I'd love to, delve more into. So maybe we'll go a little step back from the technical side of laying the cards and interpreting them and go into your journey. So you said you started very early with the cards, like a teenager already, and it developed from there. So how did you come from a Christian background and then move to the joy of, of the cards? Because, uh, you know, some people might say, oh, that doesn't fit together, right? Yeah, so I did grow up in a very Christian household. I mean, I was even going to, um, you know, I was going to, when I was in, in high school, I was going to, high school night and very much was in, involved in the church and things like that. And the opening, um, the first eye-opening conversation I ever had was um, with a friend of mine. We were both sitting out for PE for whatever reason and we were just chatting and we were talking about, um, we started talking about religion and I said, oh, I'm Christian. And at the time my belief was, oh, either you're Christian or I need to save you. That was just, that was what I was taught. So I didn't think there was anything else. And so I said, oh, I'm Christian. And he said, oh, that's cool. I'm pagan. And I, what? <laughs> What's that? What's pagan? And I was so curious about what that even meant. And he said, oh, well, it just means that we believe in gods and goddesses. And that made me think of Egyptian and Greek mythology, things I'd learned like when I was younger in school. And I thought, people, people believe things like that? And I just, it just kind of, it was like it cracked something open in me enough to get curious. And then as I got a little bit older, I just started seeing some, um, I guess some congruent issues with like the beliefs I was being taught versus realizing that there's a whole other world of beliefs out there that's different than what I was taught. So it just, it got me curious. And so when I, when I first delved into the tarot, it was definitely more of a 
curiosity and kind of a rebellious act too. I wanted to, I was a teenager, so I wanted to do something taboo and stigma and, and dive into that world. And it was very opposite than what I was used to. So at the time it was definitely more like curiosity. And, um, and then I renounced my, my faith when I was like 17 or so. And I continued to read tarot. Like I had, I always had a deck around and I continued to just read it for myself or sometimes I'd read it for friends, but for a very long time, I still saw it as kind of entertainment. I saw it as something fun and mysterious, but I didn't really give it a whole lot of merit other than that until maybe about seven years ago, I was in a really, really difficult part of my life. And I just turned to them and I, and I asked, you know, what should I do? And I was really shocked by how, how helpful the message was. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing it for fortune telling. I was doing it just to like, I need help. And I, I couldn't believe how meaningful it was. And then I continued to look into the cards. I continued to do readings when I was in difficult situations. And they continue to um, very um, consistently not only be relevant. And speaking of the um, technical side of tarot, there's 78 cards in a deck. So when you can get relevant, meaningful messages over and over and over again, the part of me that's more um, logical was able to, to grasp that, okay, there's something here. There's something here that's consistently giving me some really profound guidance. And um, that's when I started realizing that there's more to it. Again, I just did it for myself because I, I, I wasn't planning on doing this professionally. But then um, when I kept getting this calling to do it professionally, I kind of was on the side. I took a couple courses and was playing with the idea of starting a business. But I just was very much on the fence and about the whole thing. And then I finally got the courage to post on my social media. And um, I just said, okay, I'm thinking about starting a tarot business. Does anyone want a free reading just for validation purposes? Cause I know it was magical for me and, and was medicinal for me, but I didn't know if, if I could do that for someone else. And so I had a few people reach out to me who were not close. Like most of them were very much like acquaintances not really people I knew very well. And I was really shocked by the amount of feedback I received, how it was really helpful and how it was it really spot on and, and what they needed to hear. And then I had two separate people actually ask me for my Venmo because they wanted to send me a couple dollars as a thank you. And that was kind of the, the moment I realized, okay, so it's, it's really helpful for me and has been for many years, but now I can actually take this gift and help other people with it too. And that's kind of the evolution of teenage me going and, and buying tarot just for fun and then turning it and then realizing it's no, it's so much more than that. And it's um, something that I fell into, but I'm so glad that this is the work that I'm doing. You also spoke of awakening or your spiritual awakening. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so that one was an interesting tale. Um, in COVID, I, I started listening to podcasts and different spiritual podcasts. And I needed first the one, the, the, the spiritual podcasts that were very grounded in science. So the first podcast I ever listened to was um, like, it talked about, um, it was a manifestation, but it was all from like neuro, from like neuroplasticity and changing your, your thoughts. And so there are these
it's like hypnotherapy basically. And so I thought, okay, I want to do that. I want to kind of heal myself and, and learn about myself. And that was the starting point for my awakening. And it was actually the first time I heard my intuition for the very first time. Um, and it came to me super randomly. I'd, I'd already signed up for the course and I've been listening to these podcasts and I was just like doing, I think I was putting groceries away. It was so random. And I heard this crystal clear thought that said, if you want to do this work, you need to stop keeping alcohol in the house, which was just like, wait, what? It totally blew my mind. Now I wasn't an alcoholic by any means. I come from an alcoholic father background. So I'm very careful around alcohol, but I am a single parent. And at the time I was a struggling single parent. It was all me because my daughter's um, dad passed away. So, you know, it was a lot. I was a mom, I was working, I was running a household. And so I would have a glass of wine a night, give or take, not every night, but most nights there was a, one glass of wine I would have as like a way to unwind. And I realized in that moment, like if I really wanted to delve in and do this work, I have to have a clear mind. And I think that that's what that message was when it said, don't keep alcohol in the house. It was, Hey, you, you need to clean yourself. You need to like get rid of this basically, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, self, um, medicating him. So basically saying I was self-medicating and I needed to stop so I can actually be clear enough to do this work. And um, so I did. I, I didn't really understand where the message came from, but I knew it didn't come from me. And so I just was like, okay, I'm going to not keep alcohol in the house. And then um, now I get it. And now I hardly ever drink because I, it just totally messes with me. But at the time I didn't get it. And I had to go through a lot of detoxing, not like from the alcohol itself, but from the, the I actually started feeling my feelings for the first time. I started actually allowing myself to heal when I, before I was like putting a bandaid on it. And so that was a huge, huge awakening for me. And then I started doing different meditations and Reiki and energy healing and um, opening myself up to different podcasts. And I went from the more scientific podcast to more of the spiritual podcast and opening myself up to all these different ideas that I, I wasn't open to before. So it was a whole journey, but um, I really think that a huge part of it, even though I was only having, you know, like a glass of wine a night or every couple of nights, it wasn't anything excessive. That alone was keeping me from my potential. And that was a huge, huge part of my journey was letting go of that. And then after that, it was about healing and understanding that there were things that I was carrying that I wasn't processing that needed to go. And, and I finally had the space to do that. Um, and then the, the rest of the journey and the awakening was really just finally saying yes to the tarot message because spirit kept knocking on my door, like, Hey, you need to be doing this. And I kept saying no. And I finally said, yes. <laughs> I think that's a very important message as well. That it, it continues knocking because some people, you know, you might think, okay, if I say no once, then it's over. I never get another chance. And you, you are a demonstration that that was not the end of it. You got to choose later on, even if you said no a whole lot of times. Yeah. And I think, 
the other thing is too, when, when, when intuition comes in, it's, it's going to come in softly. So even though it, it, it came multiple times, some people get caught up thinking that ruminating thoughts are the same as intuition and it's different. Intuition will be like a gentle tap, like, Hey, and then it'll go away and then it'll come back and tap you again. And then it'll go away. It doesn't just sit there and repeat and, and ruminate. And so that was kind of an eye-opening thing too, is it's so gentle when it, when it comes and gets your attention. I mean, sometimes I do feel like things happen in our life to make, that is not so gentle, that does kind of shake us up like, hey, <laughs> we really need you to pay attention. But most of the time it comes in like, hey, there's something you're supposed to be doing. And I also feel like it's something that you already want to do. And the only thing that's really keeping you from doing it is yourself. That was at least my experience. Because while I kept saying no to tarot, there was a part of me that really was curious about it. I really thought, well, maybe, maybe I should follow into this. Maybe there's something here. But I was so scared of the idea that I just kept telling myself, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing it, you know. But I know that deep down, I really felt called in that direction, even though my ego is trying to shut me down and tell me no. So you spoke of, of, of energy healing modalities and so on. How does that connect? Because I, for me, it all fits together, but I don't know how it is for you. So yeah, um, Reiki was one of my first real spiritual modality experiences beyond tarot. I mean, tarot and, and oracle cards, I kind of play with here and there, but um, you know, and, and, and as I said, it, it did evolve to something really profound, but Beyond that, I didn't really have any other experiences. And so um, I was introduced to Reiki. And that one was also really, I've had a lot of really just healing experiences through that too. And, and I do think, like you said, it's all connected. I needed, because I definitely did the Reiki in the very beginning of my spiritual journey, which was kind of the first eye opener like, oh, there's something more to me than just my physical body. Like there's an energy around me and that was eye-opening and i think that the more i did i leaned into that reiki because i went to a few different sessions before i chose tarot in fact i even took a course of so i'm technically reiki one certified um which just means i can work on myself but you know i started realizing like it, it just started opening doors for me that there's so much more out there and that we are so much more than what many of us realize that we are. I love the saying that we are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I just love that because I think that that's exactly it. We are here to experience and evolve and grow. And that means that our spiritual body is, is so much more than what we can physically understand because we're only living from our 3D physical body. But that was a huge eye-opening experience for me. And yes, I think it's all interconnected. It's that is what opened me up to, okay, so there is something more out there. I'm obviously experiencing it during these, these sessions and, and then just, it took me back to my tarot, like, okay, so now that I'm able to see my tarot as more than just a tool to ask questions, but a tool to connect with higher source, I think that it was a bridge for me between Reiki and the tarot. It made me realize that, okay, all of it's connected. It's all the same thing. So whether you use a pendulum or you use tarot or you use Reiki or, you use, um, I mean, really any tool, it, it's all, if you show up with the intention of, I want to connect with my higher source and I want to better myself and evolve, it's gonna work in that way because that's, it's just a tool.
So another question that may seem interesting or not so is I think you can clear energies with, with cards as well. Do you do that? Like, you know, clearing a house or clearing a, a person's energy fields or, or clearing the energy of a situation or a company or, or whatever else there is. There's so many ways of using those cards to clear things. Do you do that? I don't. And that's not something I've delved into yet. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with clearing spaces. I, I mean, if I do it for myself, I'll usually like sage or um, um, Palo Santos or something. But like, uh, yeah, I, I haven't tried that yet. Although I, I do feel like when I sit down with a client, I do feel like there is like a space that's opened and that the clearing, how do I explain it? Like, I do feel like there is, there is space for clearing, but I do also feel like that happens on their end. Cause I'm not, at least not yet. Um, I'm not at the space where I feel like I can work on someone else's energy. It's more like I show up with the intent of helping them have the space to do that for themselves. Um, but I don't, I haven't found that yet where they have the cards themselves have helped me clear space. Although I have delved a little bit in mediumship with my cards and that's been, that's been a different experience. I've been told by many people that I, I'm a medium and I've experienced little things that help us. That's kind of backed that up. I haven't, me being the, I'm also very logical too. So I'm, I haven't quite connected with that side of me yet, but I have had people who have done readings for ask me, Hey, can you connect with my loved one through tarot? And I have had some pretty healing experiences where the messages that came through highly resonated with who I I spoke with. So I do think that the cards can absolutely be used in that way too, but I have not experienced the clearing space yet. Because when you work, when I work with, when I've worked with people for the first time, for instance, using energy work, like using chakra techniques, they often have something that we call um, like an energy that is possessing them or possessive energy, you know, it's not that it's actually a possessive spirit, but it's, it's an idea, a thought system that the people have been holding on to that isn't helpful. Right. And then, then you need to clear that. So, so that they can see it differently. So that they can see themselves for who they actually are rather than being held tight by a certain closed thought system that has been in the way. I don't know if, if, if that makes sense to you, that one could do that with the cards as well. In that respect, yes. So something that I've learned about myself fairly recently, I don't know if you're familiar with human design. That's something else that I've recently kind of delved into and learned about. But, um, and for those of you that don't know what human design is, and I don't even know how to explain it because it's so there's so much to it. It's like a combination of astrology and um, chakras and like all the, it's, it, it's a bunch of different systems plugged into one, but it's supposed to give you like a blueprint of how you're supposed to live your life. Not like telling you the future by any means, but like, this is your, how you're supposed to operate. Um, and so I'm a projector, which means I am really, my gift is to help guide people and guide them 
to find themselves and I'm able to communicate what they need to hear in order to help them find it. But then there's different like aspects of that. And so one of the aspects of my chart talks about like what my purpose is, like my, what my likely my best career path is. And one of the things that it, it said is that I provoke. And at first I had a hard time with that because I don't like confrontation and I heard provoke and I thought something like confrontational. And then I realized, no, I actually provoke in the sense that I show them what it is. Like I'm able through my gift of tarot and channeling and everything else, I'm able to point out exactly what it is that needs to change. And I think I'm able to, to explain it in such a way that it provokes them to change. It provokes them to look at, to, to not just hear me, but actually like take it in and sit with it and do something with it. And I've just, and I've just, that's been my experience and my feedback from so many people that they'll um, just tell me like, oh my gosh, I, I need to go sit with this. I need to like, if they've re if they recorded my reading that I did, they're like, I need to go re-listen to this. And, and I could just tell that it, it did something in them and they provoked them kind of like what my chart said. And so while I'm not, I still don't want to say that I'm the one doing the clearing. I do think that I show them exactly what it is that's holding them back, what it is that they need to let go of, that they need to work through, that they need to heal and then they need to shift. Um, I do think that that's something that's made like a big part of what I do is showing them any kind of blocks. And, and I guess that that would be like stagnant energy in a way that's holding them from moving forward. So I don't necessarily see it like clearing energy per se, but it is kind of similar, I guess. And the tradition I'm speaking of in which I did that, it's, it's all about co-creation. So it's, it's always, if the if the other person doesn't want it, it doesn't happen, right? So it's always together. So yeah, just to clarify that point, I'm not doing it to someone. One's doing it together and opening that opportunity. And yes, blocks get removed or remove themselves because of the connection. But one of the ideas from A Course in Miracles is also that we're all one. And so every everything that is every healing is actually not just your own it's always healing more more so if, if you have a miracle it's a miracle that um has an effect on many different people you're not having it alone yeah yeah absolutely it's um it's oh, what is that quote it's it says um Today I was clever, so I thought I changed the world. No, or yesterday I was clever and I thought I changed the world. And today I am wise and I'm going to change myself. And it's definitely like it's more since we're all interconnected, we're all one. The more you're able to heal yourself, the more you're actually healing those around you. And um, and it, it could be by giving them permission, other people permission to also heal because they're seeing how you're you know what it looks like on your end and that oh hey they're look at they're changing they're evolving maybe i should do that too um but also i think it's the way that we interact with the world the more that we heal the easier it is to show up in less judgment and be more compassionate and be more understanding and sometimes that's alone can make a huge difference in the world the more compassionate understanding we could be to other people who are not in the same space and need that extra um the extra love and, and uplifting energy but um yeah definitely i i really feel like 
we're all one and the same. We're just all on different journeys doing, um, but we're all here for the same purpose. another quote in the same direction is you can't change the world but you can change the way you see the world yes i have definitely heard that one as well um and yeah it's it's it all starts in inward and like you were saying about co-creation um how you have you can't help someone if they don't want to help themselves that's that's a given um, I think some people still struggle with that who want to save everyone, but you know, it's again, it all starts in here and, um, yeah, once you're able to realize that you have all the power for yourself, like in your own world, then that's when you realize that the more you do for yourself, the more you end up doing for others, which is kind of, some people would see that, see that as like backwards, but it's not because Another ex example, which this is a little off topic, but kind of similar. A lot of the um, messages I'll get for people is self-love and self and um, taking care of themselves, self-care. Um, and especially for people who are so used to being givers and taking care of others, it's when you tell them, no, you need to take care of yourself right now first before you can show up for others. I'll get people that get confused by that and say, well, no, they need me. Like I'll take care of myself later. And I love to use the analogy, when you ride on a plane, they tell you if the plane, you know, if the oxygen mask goes down because there's a problem and you have a dependent with you, you have to put the mask on yourself first and then on your dependent. Because if you put on the dependent first and you pass out, then you're useless to the dependent and obviously you're also in trouble. Um, but if you can actually take care of yourself first, not only are you taking care of you, so you're, you know, your needs are being met and you're in a much better headspace and mentally and emotionally all of that but now you're in the perfect place to help someone else because you're not coming from an empty place you're not coming from a place where you're depleted you're actually able to show up in a fuller sense and really help someone more than you would if you were like struggling to keep your head above water but also trying to hold someone else up too yeah another quote from a course of miracles to give all is to have all That reminds me of another quote, <laughs> which is, uh, I think it was by, I think it was Gandhi. I'm not sure who said it, but it's um, lose yourself in the service of others. And it's kind of the same thing as when you're able, I know it sounds like you're serving, you're only doing it for everyone else. But again, if you're able to take care of yourself and especially if you're part of your self care is, is living your purpose and your purpose is always like a combination that fills you up, but it also is giving back to the world. And you're just losing yourself in that you're continuously helping other people in service of what you're offering them but at the same time you're also feeding your own soul so it, it's all about giving what you want to have because otherwise you can't have it so this is a very important aspect so if you want to feel good yeah you give good feelings or whatever but of course it does it's also another matter of being authentic right so if you're not feeling good you also need to give that in the sense that you share because that allows 
people to be authentic too. So if you want authenticity, you need to be authentic too. So it, it's a very, very com um, beautiful thought to give what you want to have or teach what you want to learn is another one from A Course in Miracles. So all these thoughts are very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so kind of what you were just saying um, with putting, you put out in the world what you want back. Sometimes, like you were saying, if, if you're not feeling okay, then that's just the perfect example of how can you go inward and take care of yourself? So then you're able to be in a place where you can give and, and be good. Um, and I do think that being authentic is ultimately one of the one of the end goals for everybody because when you're authentic you're not you're not living up to what everyone else wants you to be you're only you're doing what feels good to you and, and what aligns with you and when you're living in alignment that's when it's easier to do self-care and then it's easier to show up for other people without the judgment because i think a lot of what holds people back from authenticity is judgment of themselves of others and then those that are afraid to connect with their own own authenticity, it's also coming from this place of judgment of, well, how dare you show up in authenticity? Because I can't do that, but they can. And there's nothing keeping them except for their own fears and, and uh, um, their own judgments. So yeah, I do think that the more authentic you can be with yourself and the world, it's you're just reconnecting with who you are at your core and helping other people know that it's safe enough to do the same. And I think that when we're all connected with their core, again, that judgment piece also comes out of the picture because everyone's living to their own compass. And so there is no right or wrong. That's where judgment comes from is when you're looking at someone else and when you're doing it wrong. But how do you know they're doing it wrong? Why do you get to be the judge? You know, it's, we're all here on our own journeys. And I think the more authentic we can be with ourselves, the easier it is to love, the easier it is to have compassion for other people, you know, even if it's if someone is living from a, um, a more judgmental or fearful place, it's so much easier to show them compassion if you're already living from your own authentic spot as well, because then you can just, you understand, okay, they're going through it right now, but I can still love them and show them compassion and hopefully they'll find the light on their own. Um, but yeah, I do think that authenticity is a huge part in, in helping be more compassionate, be more, connected with love and other in others and be out of judgment because judgment doesn't judgment and ego is the opposite of authenticity um and so yeah i think that just knowing yourself better and living in alignment and showing up in the service of others however that looks for you is is like the important um key aspects i think of, of being human and being here and <laughs> being alive Yeah, one of the things I like talking about as well is the the idea of when are you ready to teach, right, or to share? Well, right now, because from where you are at is the best place to teach from. So that's the message I got. So even if you're in the worst place and feeling awful, if you t if you come from there and share about it, that is also very powerful teaching. So another quote, but um, I don't know who said this one, but um, it says, you teach best what you most need to learn. And that's, that's exactly what you were just speaking to. 
And it's because one, you're going to be very familiar with the topic. And two, you're learning and growing in the process because you're not, I don't think anyone knows, well, no one will ever know it all. That's, that's why we're all here and growing and evolving. And so when you teach what you most need to learn, you're the student as well as the teacher. And I think that that's also important to remember that we're always, every single day of our life and every interaction, whether it's, you know, with our partner, with our parents, with our siblings, with our friends, strangers, we're always in the role of the teacher and the student at all times. And, you know, it's, it's being humble enough to know that you're, you're, you're able to still help and guide other people, but you're also still a student and learning all like simultaneously. Um, and yeah, that's something that's interesting. You say that too, that you don't have to wait to be a teacher. Um, that's kind of hit home for me because I've been playing with the idea of teaching courses and I keep telling myself, well, I don't know if I know enough, but this conversation is making me realize it doesn't really matter <laughs> that I can still pass on wisdom without being, being perfect or, you know, have the, um, the, I don't know, the thing saying that I'm able to teach. It's no, I'm, I'm capable of doing it now. And I think anyone who's listening is also in that position too. Yeah, there's so many situations where this applies, right? Because there's so many things we wouldn't do if we always waited to be perfect to do it, uh, to, to have everything that we think you, you need to have in order to do it. Now, there's so many places where that applies. So. Yes, one has to come from where one's at and be happy with that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's just one of those things that most people, it, it's like a continual thing that I think everyone faces because you might get to a place where you're like, okay, I feel like I know this and I'm comfortable here, but there's always more growing. And it's kind of like in, in the tarot, um, in the major arcana, you have, you, you start with the fool and you end with the world. And there's 22 cards. And the world, whenever I see the world, and then I, I always know that the fool's coming next. The world is saying that, yeah, you, you've accomplished something and you, you're, you're not, an, you're an expert, so to speak, in a certain area. You're, you're really, you really know your stuff. But with the world, it's like, yeah, enjoy your achievements, enjoy, enjoy the view, enjoy being where you are. But know that the next card is the fool, which is the leap of faith, which is the starting over. And, um, you know, I think that no matter how much we think that we're ready for the next stage, we never, it doesn't matter like how evolved we are. We're always that, that fear of starting over and doing a whole new journey is scary. And, um, but it's also exhilarating because that's where there's so much more growth and newness to come from it. But it's remembering that, you know, you're not, it, it's not about waiting. Life is about experiencing. Life is about taking it, you know, one experience at a time and not waiting for the perfect moment to hold on to that and take that leap of faith. Um, and yeah, it's about living in the moment and following the experiences and not waiting to be perfect. Easier said than done, for sure, but it's definitely a good thing to remember. Another thing that tends to hold, hold us back is, is the idea that our ideas could be stolen. 
and that we would have less ideas if we give them away and they'll be stolen and then we'll have less right and and then of course in miracles it's speaking about giving all to have all but but yes our ideas are protected by law right if we're sharing them but on the other hand it's also important to give these ideas too because it enables you to give more at least that's the theory yeah that's um it's another struggle i think with especially with so much content out there and and wanting to make sure that your content is one and, and it, it, you get the credit and it you know you it's um it's your content but so it's interesting because i used to be in sales a few years ago for a few years I, I did mary Kay, and then i did i did a couple um sales jobs where i was like uh selling alarm systems and knocking on doors and um it was not for me which is why i didn't stay in the sales business but one of the things that was that that was so hard about that was the competitive nature of it it was so competitive it was you versus me someone's got to be on top either i'm going on top or you're going to be on top and it was just so competitive and once i got away from that energy i just I didn't want well, one, I didn't want to go back, but two, I, I really embraced the idea that there's enough to go around for everyone. So if there's a field that someone wants to, to like, if there's someone who's listening to this that thinks, oh, I, I want to kind of maybe do tarot as a profession, but then they think, oh, but there's so many other tarot readers out there. There wouldn't be no room for me. No, I don't, I don't subscribe to that idea at all. I think that there is more than enough to go around and more specifically, we all bring our own unique thing to the table. So our own viewpoint, our own wisdom, um, our own gifts that are only for us to share. So in that respect, there's gonna be people who are gonna resonate and be drawn to you only. And there are billions of people on this earth. So there's, it just, it doesn't stand to reason that the right people won't find you, but you have to, I do think that you have to have that open mentality and believe that, believe that there's enough for everyone to go around and really truly live from that space. Because when you live from that lack mentality of, oh, there's it's you versus me, then you're, you're narrowing down the possibilities because we're only seeing um, a very small perspective, which isn't allowing you to see the full bird's eye picture, which is, there's more than enough to go around. And if you just put your gifts out there and come from the space of, hey, there's enough here for me and for you, then it's you're less worried about making sure you have enough and you're more able to focus on just what you're showing up for and the gifts that you're giving without needing to um, protect what you have because you know that you're going to be okay and there is more than enough to go around and you're just here to to be a guide and a gift to other people. And um, that's when you're in that space, you tend to attract more, more of that because you're not in the space of com competition and you versus me. It's things just happen to open up when you really believe that it's possible and that it's out there. Um, because I think that that's where, if you look at nature, nature is all abundance. You don't see nature competing with each other. It's, it, there's just enough to go around. And that's, I think it's the same thing energetically for us too. We just have the mindset that that's not true. And I think that um, it hinders us. In so many different areas. You know, you say, oh, there's so many podcasts out there. 
this won't reach anyone because it's the same topics or whatever else. No, it, there, there's, we all have a special function. That's what, of course, miracle says in this. We all have a special function that doesn't make us special, but we do have a special function, and that's what we're here for. So, so even if there's tons and tons of podcasts out there, there's another one. This one is unique. Even if it has talks about the same things, maybe has the same conversations as in many others, still there's something else there. And yeah. And like you said, there's the idea that there's plenty, right? There's so much for everyone is much more comforting than the idea that you have to fight for every single little bit of content for every single little bit of connection or for the guests. I mean, some people probably are, you know, you could say, oh, I have to compete to get the right guests or whatever, right? You don't have to see it that way. And, and as we know, there's so many people who want to have guests and so many people who want to be guests on the podcast. So there's, there's so much there. And it's so rich. You, you discover that with time, right? You may not notice that at the beginning. But yeah, so it's really beautiful to know there's plenty for everyone. Yeah, I it's so funny with, you know, the example of podcasts and, and feeling like, you know, will I find enough or will I have enough or will I be seen? And I think that it also it, it's not just the mindset of there's more than enough to go around. I think there's also an element of faith in there. You also have to trust that there's a higher power that is making everything plentiful. And when you when you're able to surrender that, that's another big part of of that changing the mindset to believing there's more than enough to go around. There's the element of surrender that says, okay, well, not only is there more than enough to go around, but if there is a higher power and this higher power does want to see me succeed, which I believe that it does, it wants everyone to live in their, to live in alignment, live their best life and, and just continue to grow and evolve. That's my own belief. Then if that's true and there is more than enough to go around, then why don't I surrender and trust that not only is there enough to go around, but if I, if I kind of take a step back and just, believe like hey if i do the work and i put myself out there and i just trust it's all going to work out at that point you're allowing spirit to not to, to to take you by the hand and guide you and help you connect with the right people with, at the right time and have the conversations that are really going to be impactful and meaningful more so than maybe just trying to force it with someone um i like to this is reminding me of the six of, of uh, swords in the tarot deck but um, this one, I like to use the analogy of you're on a rowboat and then the island is where you want to go. So like the island is all in the, in the, in the example of the, being a podcaster and trying to look for guests. The island is all the guests that you want to talk to, right? And then you're in this rowboat and you want to get to the island. Well, you might want to just grab the oars and just row yourself straight to the island. But that's usually what the invitation around the Six of Swords is, you know what? Take your hands off the oars a little bit. Let yourself drift there because maybe on the way to the island, you'll meet someone on a boat that's going to actually give you even an even more impactful interview that you weren't expecting. And then maybe you'll meet someone else. So it's like it's it's trusting that, yes, you are you are you do have control, but 
I think that the elements of surrender and faith is also another part of the same coin. Because yes, we do need to take initiative and we need to take action and we can't just wait around for things to happen, but also trusting that there's a bigger picture that we're not seeing that if we allow spirit to come through, it's going to help guide us as well. So it's that open mindset, taking action and trusting that there's something bigger than me that actually knows a little bit more than I do. And I'm going to trust that it's going to get me where I need to be. Well, let's go into another shift. You you were sharing that you were a single mom since the father of your child passed. How about the educational journey? What what are the most important aspects you like to pass on to your daughter, and and how did you do go about that? Yeah, that one's a big one. Um, so one of the things that I also learned on my spiritual journey is parenting is hard. <laughs> and I'm glad that I started this spiritual journey when I did because I started realizing that as a parent, I was getting triggered by my, my little version of me from when I was being raised. And so I, one of the things that I, I try to instill on my daughter is one, um, I'm raising her very differently than how I was raised in that I, I don't like to do a lot of shame-based parenting because I don't think shame does anything for anybody. It just makes them feel worse about themselves and does not, it doesn't help with growth and things like that. But I think that a lot of what I want to share to her is, is, um, cause she's, she's seven, so she's still very young, but what I really, the biggest thing that I'm trying to instill in her, um, is to be herself is really that authentic part of you know what the rest the whole world isn't going to understand you but that's okay so long as you understand you and you love you and you you know know that you're something special and um so that's something that i really try to, to hone in on and I mean, it seems to be working because she just, she just makes friends everywhere she goes. And, um, I mean, it's funny because I am a natural introvert, so I'll like go to the grocery store with her and I just want to get in and out and she will make friends with like five people before we leave the store. But that's just, that's her authentic coding. She is really good at connection and she's not shy and she just loves to be she's just such a big personality. And that's another part of what I try and, and do as well is I, I, she's just got this huge spirit and I know it would be so easy to accidentally snuff it out in, you know, trying to correct her or have her be a certain way. And, and what I'm really trying to do is, is okay, guide and, and correct softly if I need to, but also not touch that spirit of hers and, and let her know that she can be as big and right as she wants to be without fear of rejection. Um, and I mean, like she'll sometimes this kid has the funniest, craziest fashion sense and it's adorable, but it could be grounds of getting picked on by other kids just because it's so, she'll wear things that don't match <laughs> that are just very vibrant and mismatching and so her. So I just let her do her thing, you know, and, and 
And I'm noticing that the more she embraces herself, the more the rest of the world adores her for it. And so I think that that's really what I'm trying to do is just like help her be her and help her be comfortable to continue to be her. And then hopefully she can take, carry that torch on to help other people in her life do the same thing because she didn't have the same shame base and fears that I did growing up that took me so long to figure out who I am and what I'm here for. I'm hoping that, you know, what I'm guiding her through is helping her figure out that she doesn't have to wait till she's in her thirties to figure out who she is, but she can know who she is now and just foster that and grow it as it, as she is already. Yeah, I think it's very important. I mean, in A Course in Miracles, there's the thought of the holy relationship and the special relationship. And the difference, there's a huge difference because the holy relationship is seeing each other as whole and supporting each other by seeing each other as whole. And the special relationship is seeing a, someone as having something that you want to have or having to grab it or, the, or you're lacking and the other or, and so you're, it's a very different relationship. And I think that's something that is very important to pass on if, if one can. I mean, of course, we, we need to ask for help in that because we may not know how to do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, it's not, you know, it, it's not easy. And I, I really, um, do try to, to learn from other, other parents and, um, learn. I think a lot of it is really undoing what I already was taught. I think that's a big part of it too, though, is, is for me, not only learning from other parents who are, are raising their kids in the way that, okay, that really resonates. And I want to do that too, but also unlearning the ways that I was raised as well. That's, a you know, it, it's, and, and, and then also consistently being on top of that because she's every stage of her life, she's triggering a new stage of, or every stage of her life, she's triggering an old wound of mine, um, unbeknownst to her. And because um, there's, there's sometimes there's that my inner child is like, well, why does she get away with things that when I was her age, I would have been, you know, shamed and all these things would have happened. And being able to kind of, work through my inner child and be like yes I, I hear you but things were different back then and it wasn't fair that you were treated that way and you know and, and and kind of learning how to heal that and you know respond correctly in those situations with my daughter but even then I make mistakes but that's another thing that I do try to keep that connection open is when I do respond in a way that I wish I hadn't I always come back and we have a conversation and I remind her hey mommy's human i'm i'm learning too and i'm growing too and sometimes i have big feelings and i don't know how to handle them that great either and um i think that that's also really profound too because i didn't get that when i was a kid <laughs> you know it was always the parent knew everything and i was just the kid who didn't know anything and that was that and with her we really there's an open conversation about you know we all have, we're all dealing with some big things and sometimes we don't handle it very well. And the best thing to do is to apologize and talk through it and reconnect and then try to do better next time. And so um, it's definitely parenthood in general is just such a journey into shadow work and inner child healing and all of that. But 
um, I think that that's where the conscious parenting also comes in is being really conscious of what you're saying and doing and being aware of how that impacts, how that's going to impact your child and how they're going to carry that moving forward. And if you can stay on top of that, it just helps foster more of a healthy relationship, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge journey anyways, being parents. So we all know that. And even if it's not your own child, it's a huge journey. So it's other children and being an educator or being part of their journey is such a huge thing. And it's in general with other people as well, with everyone. It's a, it's a huge thing. And that's why the holy relationship is so important to learn that, right? To let ourselves learn that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm also just learning, right? We're all learning. We're all in that journey together to learn to see each other as whole instead of as, as needing something from each other. Like you were saying, the codependent relationship and all these things. How do you get out of that view of being codependent and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's another, I think it's a quote, but it's this idea that no one is lesser or better than you. We're, we're all equal and um, remembering that is also, I think that that also helps come back to that compassion when you're able to know that, hey, we're, we're all one and the same, then you know that if someone's having a bad day or, or maybe not, you know, treating you the greatest way, it's easier to have compassion for them. And I mean, now granted, if it's like abusive or something like that, you still have to, you could still choose not to have that in your life, but you, it's, you could still have the compassion of, wow, this person is really in a dark place and, but they're not less than me, you know, they're not lesser of a human than me or of a person or a soul. We're still one in the same. Um, we're just making different choices. And I think that that's also really important and helps foster relationships and connection when you're able to not have that I'm better than or I'm lesser than it's no we're we're all one and the same we're all equal we're all we all want to be loved we all want acceptance we all want to be seen and heard um, some of us are just more um, some of us just haven't woken up to the idea that that we can all still have that and, and are still living in the ideas of I'm better than or less than and haven't woken up to the truth that we're all one but I think that when you live from that space daily, which again, like you said, is not easy. Even like parent and child isn't easy, especially when it's supposed to be like you're guiding, you know, your child, but you're still one and the same, you're still equal. But even just with strangers or partners or family or whatever, um, it is still hard to remember like, okay, I'm not better than this person just because I made a better decision. You know, I, I just made a better decision. And we're, they're, they're, we're equal, we're one and the same. and it helps you have that compassion for someone that maybe didn't make the best decision. Okay, well, support them through it and, and, and show them compassion because there's a reason they made the decision they did, but it doesn't make them lesser than for it. That's the whole debate in A Course in Miracles between specialness and equality. So we, this journey from thinking you have to be special to recognizing that we're all equal and recognizing that we all have a special function 
and in that we are also equal. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I like, and I, and that's one of the, the reason I love doing tarot and reading for people because I do feel like in a lot of ways that messaging comes through and it's, it's probably the first time they've ever heard it that way, you know, realizing that, you know, and I, and that's probably another reason too, that I don't like to take credit for anything that comes through. I'm like, I'm just the middleman. Like my gift is channeling and interpreting, but you know, I like to also humble myself and remind them like, Hey, what I'm doing isn't any more special than what you're doing and what you could be doing. If you tap into your, you know, your gifts and your purposes, it's, um, we're all unique. We all have our own, um, our own magic that we bring to the table that only we can bring in the way that we do. But like you said, we all have a version of that and there isn't any magic that's better or lesser than others. It's just, we all have our own magic equally and we're all meant to share it and light up this world equally in the way, in, in our own unique ways. Yeah, it's all for the purpose of walking each other home. And so these things that appear to be special are only because of the necessity for your special function, but not, it doesn't make you special. Yeah. And I think it's the ego that, that tries to make it more than that. It's, it's the part of our brain that, and I think it's also part of society too. There's a lot of unprogramming and, and deconditioning that we have to do around what that what's being special means and that's that not only is it okay to embrace that you are special but also embrace this idea that you know it's not like you said it's all equal um but i think a lot of <clears throat> a lot of society and a lot of um just the way what we, we're conditioned you know it's it's this idea that there's always someone on top and i think it's just it, it's really just a lot of, of taking away those ideas and understanding that you know, it's, that's not how it is, but it's opening up to the, to the idea that we're all one and the same, but it definitely takes time. And I think that podcasts like this and, you know, doing, um, putting these ideas out there is making a difference and helping people understand that, that we are all equal and we all are one and the same. And we're all just here to, like you said, take lead and guide ourselves to the next place and area of our life. Um, let's see what, what would we like to do next together. Give it a little thought, or do you have an idea? <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> I've been really enjoying this conversation, though. I think it's been really profound, and that there's been a lot of really great ideas that's come from it. Okay, then let's look at the, the special function. And in A Course in Miracles, one of the purposes is, is in the dream, as it calls the, the, what we see, what we think is real, is to forgive. Because forgiveness may be an illusion in itself, but it gets us to remember what is true. 
and forgiveness in the sense that no one has done anything wrong in truth. Nothing actually happened. But it's our interpretation that makes us believe that something happened that had this and this effect. And so there's a lot of a big topic in A Course in Miracles is guilt. And remembering that we are actually sinless. We haven't done anything. We are holy. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah. Forgiveness is definitely a loaded topic. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely one of those ideas. It's easier said than done. Um, there's this, I think it's Neil Donald Walsh who created this. It's like a children's story um, called The Little Souls, I think. But I just love it so much because I think it, it, one, it resonates with me, but it's, it's just such a deeply profound message around forgiveness um, and even guilt for that matter. Um, so in this, it's a children's story and it's little souls like up in heaven or whatever. And then it's the sun is God. And one little soul went to the sun and said, I want to experience this thing called forgiveness. And the sun said, okay, well, if you want to experience that, then, then you, another soul needs to volunteer to dim their light so much that they do this thing to you so you can experience forgiveness. And another soul came up to that little soul and said, I love you so much that I will dim my light to do this thing to you so you can experience forgiveness, but just promise you won't forget about me and forget who I am. And, and like, don't leave me behind after this, after we experience this. And I just like, it's just such a profound idea of, you know, um, this kind of goes into like this idea of soul contracts, which is a whole other thing, but it's this idea that um, what if you're experiencing this need to forgiveness was actually something that you were meant to experience and it was almost like agreed upon that you needed to experience this thing. Um, I just think it's so profound and, and gives you a different aspect of forgiveness. Um, but it's definitely much easier said than done because I, I've, I've found certain people I can forgive and I can, and which allows me to have compassion and understanding where they're coming from and why they did what they did and understand that like we're all whole and all that. But then there are some people who I have a hard time forgiving. And even though I know that even knowing that story and knowing this idea that maybe we agreed on this before this lifetime. And I've also heard that some of the people who are, who hurt us the most are usually the closest to us on the other side um, because they chose to, to help us experience what we did. And that's also a hard thing to wrap my head around, but, um, but I do think that, you know, it's, we're all here to experience. I think we've all in different lifetimes done terrible things. It's not, it, it's not about the thing. It's about um, just the experiences that we took and how we took it and what we're doing with it. Yeah, so if, if you see it that way, like the stories saying we were um, both were pure souls and one of them wanted to experience forgiveness and the other one volunteered to give the forgiveness opportunity, then you could, um, the, the thing is always in A Course in Miracles, it says this dream came about through a thought of separation, a thought 
of of wanting to be unique or special or, or yeah many other ways of putting it anyways and forgetting to laugh so it says the world will end in laughter so i don't know if that that's a thought you would like to reflect on i love that and it reminds me of a quote i think from the bible that says unless we can what is it lest we see the world like a child we can't enter the kingdom of heaven i think it's it's metaphorically and it's that level of you know joy being in our joy being in our play play is where and i don't think as adults we we connect with play enough i think that um we're taught from society work hard play later and plays kind of on the back burner but i don't think that that's the case at all i think play is where you find your creativity play is where you find your joy play is in the present so when you're playing and you're having fun you're you're in the now which is where life actually happens you're not living in the past or the future um but also i think that play just brings a lightheartedness to you know it's hard to be mad at someone when you're when you're in a playful mood or or in in your joy, and it's hard to be holding on to grudges and that energy too. Um, so I, I love that that idea, and um, I think that ultimately love and joy is where is where it like I think that's the purpose is how do we find our love and how do we find our joy in the midst of things that aren't always joyful and and aren't always um that could feel like lack of love it's like how can you still live from a place of love and joy and you know do that every day despite what's going on around you that's a, that's a big one right to decide to be joyful <laughs> as if and you know and of course in miracles it says we have that choice but we, when we when we're going through these things, we don't always feel that way, that we have a choice. Yeah, it's it's easy to, to feel powerless and like we don't have a choice, but I think that choice is freedom. It's That's where we find our freedom is, we always have the choice to make, to, to do something different. And it's not always an easy choice. I'm not saying that you can always that, that the choice to do something different is easy because it, sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's a situation that you can't get out of the way you want to. But that brings me to this, like, to this um, I don't know who, what their name is, but there is someone who experienced the Holocaust and was in one of the camps. And he, he ended up writing a whole book about this, but he found a way to find joy and, and, and find, you know, he found a way to be, I don't know if it was happy or joyful, but he found a way to to be, to to see his situation differently, even though he was stuck there and it was obviously not a good situation. He found a way to see the good in it anyway. And, you know, I think that that's, it's not easy to do that by any means, but when you remember that you have the choice on how you want to show up and how you want to experience things, you one you you get less into the victim mentality because now you actually you're not powerless anymore you actually can do something about it um so yeah it's it's not easy by any means but but choice is it's a big one 
if you if you don't like your your job your your you know living situation people you're hanging out with or whatever you always have the choice to shift it and remembering that is important you're probably referring to victor frankel but i'm not sure anyways yeah to find meaning in the in every situation or in other words to let go of the meaning you've made of it that has been is making you miserable yeah yeah i'm not sure what their name is but i've, I've heard that person mentioned on a few different podcasts but it's just such a powerful example of even in the most desolate situations you can still find something good in it and remembering that can make it easier to be in your play and in your joy, even when it's not easy to do so. It's, it's just remembering that you have that choice to do it. So we're slowly getting to the point where we need to wrap up things. So let's see, there, is there, Let's put it this way. How would you describe your whole life in, in a few sentences and what it means to you to have been given the opportunity to live this powerful career of sharing Tarot with people? That is, that is a powerful question. Um, I'm definitely grateful that I am here at this time to do what I'm doing. I'm grateful for the journey, even though it hasn't always been easy to get to this point. It's just the more I delve into my spirituality and my business and my and helping people, the more I see that it's, you know, I there's a reason I'm here. And I encourage everyone to find that thing for them, that 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 validation for themselves, because we're all here for a reason. We're all we're all here on this earth right now at this time we're supposed to be doing something big and for me i'm just humbled and grateful that i found something that is meaningful not just for me because i love tapping into the tarot i love the connection with people but i also love that it's taking um i love that it's making a difference for other people and it's it's taking them on a different journey than maybe they would have been on if they didn't sit with me and just honored and humbled that i get to help be that guide for those that need it. And um, looking forward to seeing where this takes me, but I think I'm just, I'm just grateful to be here right now where I am in my life. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, how would they do that? My website is www.journeyfutero. I offer a few different services. I offer email readings. Those ones are probably the most convenient. You don't even have to really interact with me and ask any question. Um, and then I respond back with a picture of the cards drawn and then a personalized voice recording of what the reading is and what's coming through for the answer of the question. Then I also offer private sessions and that's more, it's the most interactive way to work with me. And I offer 20, I offer 15 minute, 30 minute and hour sessions. And you can find all of that on my website. 
Um, and then as far as like social media goes, I am on Instagram probably the most consistently. Um, and it's my handle at Journey Through Tarot. So pl please feel free to follow me or if you have any questions, if you want to interact or reach out and message me, I'd be more than happy to connect. Um, but that's, that's how you would find me. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey together and helping each other and supporting each other and walking each other home remembering who we are please feel free to share about the podcast and about our conversation so that people can find out about it and anyone listening please review the podcast subscribe to it and if you want to be a guest please reach out to me because i love hearing from you and i also love having feedback so if you want to give feedback please give it and yeah, those are the most important things. So blessings to you all and till next time.